Welcome to Talking Giants Player Profiles and Projections. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my co host, Justin Panic, and we're presented by John Boy Media. We got two players today Shane Lemieux, how do you do, and Lorenzo Carter. Justin, what's going on, my man? Bobby Skinner, we're wrapping up the third week of PPPs. We're going strong. So if I'm doing my math correctly, third week, we preview what, six players a week? So what, this is um, this 18, is 18 players. players. Wow. Almost wow. the we're entire starting lineup of offense and defense. Whew, we're going strong. Um, but Shane Lemieux, he's first. Exciting player. A lot of fans, a lot of people are very excited about him. Um, and here's my little fun fact about Shane Lemieux. He recently, on July 4th, which very, very American of him. I think um, it was the 4th of July. Great song. He posted on Instagram a couple photos of him riding like a an ATV in Superior, Arizona, but the caption was Raze as an R A Z E. I'm guessing that may be the the brand of the of the ATV. Raise Hell Praise Dale, which we're both NASCAR fans, Bobby Skinner. Shane Lemieux just got a be- some extra brownie points in our hearts. Yes, he did. Um but that he is—is is he an actual NASCAR fan, or just like him using a slogan? You know, like I, I don't know. You know, like like you go to a country concert, and mm-hmm. it's like a bunch of people like I got my boots and my 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 cut off jeans, and they're just playing the part. Was he just playing the part of Fourth of July? But is doing is saying like a Dale Earnhardt or saying Dale yeah or do it for Dale. I don't think that's mainstream culture. So I think you have to be kind of in tune to that kind of to that kind of thing. I thought you were getting ready to say isn't like American, and I was gonna push back. Like no. that's as American as American as 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 it gets. As American. All right, let's talk about the cat though. Shane Lemieux, six foot four, three hundred twenty pounds. He's twenty three years old. Was drafted in the fifth round, hundred fiftieth overall pick. Justin, this guy felt like a steal, you know, like where we didn't need a guard and we'll get into that a little later, but we didn't need a guard and you see this guy and then you look at him and you're like, we got this guy in the fifth round. I love this draft pick. I love watching him. There's definitely some flaws he needs to work on and we'll talk about, you know, him playing guard center or whatever, but it was an exciting draft pick. Yeah, Bobby, one of the main lines that came from Shane Lemieux's pre-draft process is that he called himself the toughest guy in this draft class. And it really did. It showed up on film. It showed up on film through that play strength. It showed up on the film through his recoverability. And it also, he just played it nasty. I mean, Bobby, talk to us about that first play of that Auburn game that he had. And I think also, also a common theme of this draft class, too, is they play pretty darn good against good competition. Yeah, he really did. You saw, you know, the first game I popped in, was the Auburn game because, like, okay, they had three NFL defense alignment on that draft. He didn't really go against Derrick Brown much, but they were going against Marlon Davidson and Nick Coe. The first play just puts a dude on his ass. Just first punch puts a dude in. <laughs> oh, it's like, oh, my gosh. And Gettleman uh, actually brought that up when he was talking about Lemieux and their post-draft pressers when he's like, man, the first play of the Auburn really catches your eye. And it does, you know. It's like, oh, okay, I see what this guy's about. Um. He's he's got like that nasty mean streak in him. You could tell he just loves to go play offensive lineman and play on the inside, in particular. And that, I mean that's where he did at Oregon. He started fifty two straight games at left guard at Oregon. As a player, he can move guys on on the line. He's smart. He's like he knows where guys are coming from and pass and pass pro. There's some things he needs to work on, you know. But he is a guy now. He's not going to start this year, to, at least to start off. Um, 
you know, as long as everyone stays healthy. But he's a guy where if we didn't have Kevin Zeitler and Will Hernandez and they're like, hey, we're this guy is exceeding our expectations. We're going to start in week one. I wouldn't be blown away by that like I would a guy like Matt Parrott. Yeah, I think something during the pre-draft process in terms of my how I evaluate offensive linemen, and really we're not scouts, so don't you know don't take my words too seriously here. We're but, not scouts, but we like to look at players and do tweets that look like scout tweets. But yes, we're not scouts. We, I try to make that clear. We're, we're just like we're not doctors. We like to judge how Sterling Shepard was catching a ball with a broken thumb, but we're not doctors. Anyway, <laughs> um, how I like to look at offensive linemen is I go technique over play strength. And I, you know, it's not always that black and white. And Bobby and I, we've had discussions on this show over, you know, well, there's nuance to it. You know, you want it. Some guys, you really want there to be the good technique. Some guys, you really want there to be the good play strength and that anchor. Why you like Lemieux is because of the play strength. And it is because he is an anchor up the middle, whether that be a guard or whether that be at center, maybe in his future. But one of the reasons why, and I think this is really the, the the definitive reason why he will not be starting right away. And Bobby, let's let's get to maybe the the negative aspects of his game is because sometimes he is caught leaning, sometimes he is caught with his feet in cement a little bit. Pass rushing moves, various pass rushing moves like swims, rips, inside moves, out. You know, maybe not. Maybe not outside, because he does a pretty good job of pushing guys out to the outside, and he does a good job of running them outside so a quarterback can step up in the pocket. But those inside moves and some of those quicker pass-rushing moves, Lemieux has been caught with bad film before, and I think if he, you know, this is why he's a fifth-round pick, but that's why he's probably not going to be starting year one unless it's because of an injury. Yeah, there's some there are some struggles in the past set, no doubt, and he had the benefit of playing next to Jake Hansen, um, who was drafted... I think in the fourth round, maybe the center, and then Penne, and then uh, Penne Sewell, who's you know going to yeah. be a top five pick probably in next year's draft at left tackle. So um, he had the benefit of working in between those guys. But you know what? Someone that shows up to Oregon and starts from day one and doesn't move from that spot—that's um, pretty damn impressive. But like you said, there is some issues in the past. Like you said, he'll lean forward. He'll get made looks. He'll he'll get made to look silly at times. So that's the thing he needs to work on before he's ready to play in the NFL every single down. But like that's that's workable stuff, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like that's not like oh this guy he just doesn't trust um he doesn't trust his ability, you know what I'm saying? Where it's almost he trusted his ability a little too much, and I think he he I think he, the things he needs to work on are some of the similar things that Hernandez needs to work on. So I was gonna ask you about that because particularly Hernandez coming from the smaller school. You know, a lot of the things that we were talking about Will Hernandez post his rookie year was just the speed of the game and the maybe some of the mental aspects of the game. And that's honestly what it seems like Lemieux needs to work on. I don't know about, you know, how his mental processing is, but particularly the certain, you know, quick little pass rushing moves besides bull rush. I mean, but you know, bull, bull rush, he handles that tremendously well. He anchors down. His recoverability is absolutely incredible. But I was actually going to ask you about that, the comparison to Will Hernandez. So I'm glad you brought that up. I'm glad we're, our brains are in the same spot. Now, let me ask you this question, because he did pra- he was practicing center going into the draft. Uh, I would assume he's taken some center reps, even though I think they probably like have him practicing at guard in practice. Week nine, our center goes down. Spencer Pulley or Shane Lemieux, quick. Oh, man. Pulley. Pulley. I think I'm going Lemieux. I have no faith mm. in Spencer Pulley. 
Are we doing a Spencer? I, I feel bad for Spencer Pulley when we do his PPP. I hope his agent doesn't name search him and hear that because it's going to get brutal. Um, and it's going to force me to go back and watch that Jets game, and I'm just going to remember how yeah. much I hate watching Well, Spencer 2018. Pulley. Put on the 2018 tape, Bobby. Nope. Put on the 2018 Nope, tape. not doing that. Um, all right, let's take a break, and we'll get to Lorenzo Carter. Come on, pay attention in there. Let's go. We got a beautiful day. Work. Play fast. Play fast. Whoa. Ah. All right, Justin, let's talk about Lorenzo Carter. He's 6'5", 250 pounds, 24 years old. In 2018, he was drafted in the third round with a 66th overall pick out of the University of Georgia. The dogs. Justin, last year. On 65% of the snaps, he had 45 tackles, 6 for a loss, 4.5 sacks, 13 QB hits, and 5 passes defended. In 2018, he had 43 tackles, 7 tackles for a loss, 4 sacks, 10 QB hits, and 4 passes defended on 40% of the snaps. Justin, going into the 2019 season, the expectations were, I believe, were too high for Lorenzo Carter. I think people thought he was going to turn into the next great defensive player. I think Lorenzo Carter is a solid defensive player. I think he, he has the chance to be like a pretty damn good defensive player. But I don't think he's ever going to be that great guy who's going to get 10 sacks every year. Can he have a, a year where he has 8 to 10 sacks? No doubt. But I don't think he's going to be the guy that does that consistently. That being said, I mean, he's a, the most well-rounded out of our outside linebacker group. I know you like Fakra, but I think Carter is the most well-rounded. They use him in different ways. I like Lorenzo Carter. The reason people aren't as high on Lorenzo Carter is because their expectations were just way too high for him in 2019. Yeah, that's true. You were one of the only ones to really give us the dose of reality about, hey, let's let's pump the brakes on such a big year two jump from Carter to begin with. So kudos to you on that. I hate when you're right about bad things. But anyway, Norcross High School, that's where Lorenzo Carter went to high school. He went, that's in Georgia. And there's some notable alumni, Al Farouk. I probably Al-Farouk said Aminu, Al-Farouk. Orlando Magic. Aminu. They signed him this year. Guys barely even played a minute for them. What a waste. What a waste. Bryce Butler. Bryce. He was a player for the Dolphins. Um, Jeremy Davis, who was an ex-training camp star for the New York Football Giants. Larry Grant, former NFL player for the Rams and 49ers. Alvin Kamara. Jeremy Lamb. Jody Meeks. And Jody Meeks. also out. we have Chandler Massey who is an actor on Days of Our Lives, all of those people that I just named are notable alumni at Norcross High School. So pretty star-studded notable alumni. You aggravated that I, get, I just gave out some takes and I forgot to kick it to you for your fun fact? No. No, that's usually how we start off an episode, is that you, you give the facts and just... Uh, I do height, weight, and I just I give stats and I say, what do you got on the cat? I go, stat to what do you got on the cat? Oh, that but rhymes. I, I gave some takes on what I think of the guy. Justin, I think he's a good player. He's third in the rotation for me for that outside linebacker group, Marcus Golden one, and I want to give uh, Oshane Zimenez the chance to be that 10-sack-a-year type of guy. I want him to have that chance, Justin. But Carter was used in multiple ways. He was, you know, in a defense that is supposedly going to preach multiple. Carter is the outside linebacker that fits that the best where they lined him up at inside linebacker. They lined him up at outside. They would actually put him in real pass coverage, and he did a pretty damn good job at that. Like, do you ever remember a play where Lorenzo Carter screwed us? I don't. No. Um, he had some big plays. He had the sack against New England that led to a fumble recovery for a touchdown. Four and a half sacks, it's it's not bad, you know, at least for what I like. I feel like that's a decent number for a guy like Carter. 
six tackles for a loss. You wish that was a little higher. But, but he's good. On the, he's good in the run game. He, he he's, yeah. I, he's ne- I never felt bad about what Lorenzo Carter was doing on the field last year. That doesn't mean he wasn't wowing me or anything. But I never, I never left a game and felt bad about what Lorenzo Carter did. Even against Dallas's offensive line, like he doesn't have like actually he had a couple tackles for loss. But it's like you know what? When he went against Leo Collins, he did well and got hits. And when he went against uh, Tyron Smith, who's one of the best left tackles, like he didn't win that battle, but he did as good a job as anybody could against that guy. I guess it's just more or less that you want more from Carter. The thing that really frustrated me is that you look at the production from 2018 to 2019, and while I guess if you look on the surface, it's like, yeah, that's not bad for Carter, but basically he had the same production in 2019 that he had in 2018 with 25% more snaps. Um, so that's but like your boy Fakrow. They actually lined him up off ball. They put him yes. in, like they actually put him in pass coverage. He wasn't just like, hey, like Marcus Golden was the guy. That's like, hey, you rush the passer. And then when Ocean Zimenez was in, you rush the passer. And then when you have, you know, that trio of Dex, Dalvin, and Leonard Williams, he was the one who dropped back into coverage yeah. more, you know? So, like, I, the, the numbers, the numbers, I like the numbers because it shows that he's a well-rounded player. Yeah. Because he's like, he's got decent, like, he's got okay numbers in every spot. He's a well-rounded player. Like, like I said, last year, people... I mean, people were pinning him on the front covers of magazines. They thought this guy was going to be the next guy. He had, like, one nice play in training camp where he just literally fell into an interception. Bleeding Blue were, captured that, by the way. That's our fault. People were claiming that – no, it was – I liked your video because it showed. It's like, oh, it wasn't as good of a play as the – the beat reporters made it seem like the guy dived 10 feet and caught, like, a screen pass when, in reality, Eli literally just threw it into his lap and he fell down at the same time. Yeah. But people expected the world out of him last year. And that was just, those weren't the right expectations for him. Yeah, I I will say that Lorenzo Carter is an awesome athlete. I think he's a much better athlete. I think he's much better in coverage than Kyler Fackrell. So if we're thinking about this role of, you know, who's going to be maybe uh, an edge rusher that's lining up next to Blake Martinez, kind of disguising looks and the a gap on third down, you know, who is that going to be? Could that be Fackrell? Yes. Could that be Carter? Yes. Which I guess it's just, that's good depth. It's just not great depth. Um, now, Bobby, let me ask you this because we've been having this discussion back and forth about how to be rank our top four edge rushers, but let me just ask you on third down for getting to the quarterback. I'm with you. I think on first and second down where, you know, Golden, O'Shane, um, Carter, and then Fackrell, where that's my four on first and second down. But on third down, I think Kyler Fackrell is a much better pass rusher than Lorenzo Carter. And I do not, I want to limit Lorenzo Carter's pass rushing opportunities because he flat out just doesn't win those battles. He does not win them. I don't know. I like Lorenzo Carter as a better player than Fackrell. Even so on third I, down, I even Zimenez. on third down with the, with the sole purpose of getting to the quarterback. Yeah, I wow. actually, you know, I, I would. I think he's bigger. He's stronger. I get that Fackrell has like some nice moves and stuff, but he, he, like, he has the ability to be bullied, where Lorenzo Carter doesn't have the ability to be bullied. Um, and Carter should grow. He should get better. Like, he reminds me, like, his kind of uh, career trajectory, it's for some reason, I don't know why, it reminds me of Dalvin, where it's like, I think there's going to be one year. It's like, man, he really popped off film this year. I, th- I really do. But I think people expected that last year. But I think Lorenzo Carter is like a solid player. I want O'Shane to get his chance. 
Um, and then maybe next year, if we move on from Golden, then you have O'Shane and Lorenzo. Like, you can trust O'Shane and Lorenzo as those two outside guys. Yeah, uh, the numbers in terms of, um, you know, this is something that was shared around by Seth Walder and some other people towards the end of last year about double team rate and then your win rate um, in, while you're being double teamed. So Lorenzo Carter actually ranked, he was, I believe, um, Crosby, I don't know who, I don't know what his first name is. I think he might be on the Raiders. Um, Crosby from the Raiders was last in terms of his double team win rate, but he also was double teamed like 24% of the time. Carter was doubled around 14% of the time in his past rushing opportunities, but his win rate was second worst in the National Football League amongst qualified edge rushers. Now, compare that to Golden. Golden was doubled about maybe 11% of the time, but his win rate was around average in terms of eight. he won those reps 18% of the time. So maybe, here's here's a premise, Bobby. You have an athlete like Lorenzo Carter. Maybe, I don't know if you want to give these observations around. I don't really want to put you on the spot. But Lorenzo Carter is an amazing athlete. Let's focus and really circle him as the guy that we are going to scheme pressure. We want to scheme pressure. Now, that may be a myth. I know some people some people think that scheming pressure is a myth. But we want to be sending Carter on stunts. We want to be sending Carter on, on, on uh, different blitzes, various blitzes. We don't want him just taking on a tackle head-to-head, one-on-one, and say, hey, you're going to go and you're going to win this battle because a lot of the time he's not going to do that. But he is an athlete. He's very quick. He's very versatile in a lot of different ways. Let's utilize him like that. And then maybe we're talking about, you know, uh, a 10, you know, a 10 sack season, an eight sack season coming out of nowhere. He can have, he can have that kind of season. I, I don't ever expect him to be a 10 sack a year type of guy. He, yeah, that was, he can have yeah. that kind of season. I just don't expect him to be that type of guy. But it's like, do you expect Kyler Fackrell to do that either? You know what I'm saying? Like when, yeah. when we didn't know Marcus Golden was coming back and we signed Kyler Fackrell to me, it was very point blank to me. Lorenzo Carter and O'Shea and Zimenez start. And get the majority of the reps. Yeah. It was a very easy decision for me. Yeah. You like him in coverage. You like his versatility. I'm with you on that. It's just a matter of third down. Um, if he's not dro- he- if he if the main purpose of using Lorenzo Carter on third down is him going one v one on an offensive tackle, or hey, Bobby, maybe if we I even tweeted this out today. If we want to even bring back like a NASCAR formation, because we kind of have the personnel to do it, where Fackrell could be on one A gap, Carter could be on another A gap, and then you have Golden and O'Shane out on the edge, or even if you just want to throw Leonard Williams in there, keep Fackrell and O'Shane and Golden out there, that's kind of like a pseudo NASCAR formation. Uh, even if you want to do that, I'm fine with that, but just I don't then want to see... you're taking the big three off the field. I... Yeah, well, correct. You're taking your, you know, your big defense alignment. But if you want to get the speed on the field third down, I'm fine with that. But where I'm going to be a little upset is when we have Marcus Golden, when we have Fackrell, and when we have O'Shane, who I just view as better pass rushers, natural pass rushers. I'm going to be frustrated if he's just going one v one all the time against tackles. That that'll that'll frustrate me. I think I don't think that's the plan though. I think the plan is on third down to have O'Shane and Golden out there. Good. I and then Lorenzo Carter maybe even line up an inside linebacker, and that's when they slant the O line. Yes. He loops around and stuff. In fact, they tried. They almost did some things that they did with Conley with with uh, with Carter, which was pretty interesting. And there were times where with Con- they'd put Conley or Mayo on the edge, and then they'd put Carter on inside, and they'd do yep. some slants and stuff. And then the Dallas Cowboys would run all over us. Um, so that's just a James Betcher thing, though. Um, so, like I said, I don't have I don't have high hopes for Carter, but I'm not down on him either. Yeah. 
He's much better when you put his hand when he puts his hand in the dirt. Ironically enough, you you hear you hear a lot of these edge rushers, you know, especially if you're around the 250 pound range like Carter is. You hear him talk about all the time. Golden's a big fan. I hate putting my hand in the dirt. I want to be standing. I don't know up. why, but he's just. I I don't know why. It's just. I guess it's just a personal preference of you know how you feel you can be more explosive. Carter's much better when he puts his hand in the dirt. He really showed it against Washington. Had a very very good game. The second game in Washington at FedEx Field this year had a tremendous tremendous game, and a lot of the reps that he had that were really good were when his hand was in the dirt, and he really got a lot of power. So uh, watch that game if you want some positive film on Carter. I mean, he's a big enough dude to do it at six five two fifty. Good athlete, very good. All right, that's the show. We'll be back tomorrow with another show. No more PPPs for the week. But if you haven't listened to all of them, go binge them. We appreciate you guys. Until then, let's go big blue. <laughs> <laughs>